0: Advisory services offered through Prime Capital Investment Advisors, LLC, PCIA, a federally registered investment advisor, Overland Park, Kansas. The following or preceding commentaries and responses are the opinions of Jason Noble, Andy Merchant, and their guests, and are not necessarily the opinions of PCIA, are for informational and educational purposes only, and are not and should not be considered investment advice. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. Welcome to 20 Minutes of Clarity, The podcast that focuses on strategies and ideas to answer the wealth questions you have. Hosted by Prime Capital Wealth Advisors, Jason Noble and Andy Merchant. As wealth advisors, they've spent years navigating the complex world of finance and wealth management for their clients. Each week, they share practical tips and insights to help you achieve your financial goals. Whether you're looking to start a business, build your investment portfolio, or simply improve your personal finances, the next 20 minutes promises to be informative, engaging, and most importantly, actionable. 20 minutes of clarity starts now.
1: Welcome into 20 minutes of clarity. I'm your host, Jason Noble. And with me today, I have my business partner, Pete Kroll, with us. Pete is the managing director of sustainable investing at Earth Equity and is also a partner there as well. Pete, welcome so much. I'm so excited for this conversation. We got a lot to talk about.
2: Oh, thanks, Jason. Uh, 20 minutes is not going to be enough, but we're going to get <laughs> as much as we can in uh, over that time.
1: Absolutely. And so give us a little background, obviously, on your experience and earth equity. I want to get that story out there. Absolutely. So I founded Earth Equity back in 2004.
2: I had been with uh, Merrill Lynch before that and got some of my training there. Uh, But I decided that it was time to to, to break out, start out on my own and and run a firm myself. And when I did, I had two really important influences. One was uh, my wife, Melissa, who is much, much smarter than me. She has PhDs in microbiology and molecular genetics. So um, I, I don't come anywhere near her in terms of intelligence, but, sure but we, were, we were we were having long discussions about the environment and sustainability and different things like that. Uh, around about the same time, uh, I had a, a, the opportunity to spend an afternoon with a gentleman named Bill McDonough. And Bill was one of the preeminent green architects of the time. And he just kept asking, what if we were able to integrate uh, sustainability and other factors into an investment strategy. And with those two, uh, especially Melissa, w- you know, with those two folks, I was able to start what was crawling company at the time, but what eventually morphed into Earth Equity.
1: And what does is, what is Earth Equity focus on?
2: So Earth Equity is a sustainable investment firm. We have been doing this again since 2004. And we focus on investing in companies that are leading us into the next economy.
1: Okay. You know, and so when I'm when I'm hearing you say that, okay, you got to bear with me. Um, I think ESG, it's the first thing I think of. And Bloomberg did a recent study on the impacts of Biden's only veto uh, at this point, allowing ESG investing inside of the 401ks. And so Bloomberg did this study on the nuts, bolts, and financial implications. I'm reading it right here. Globally, ESG funds have underperformed the broader market in the past five years, returning an average of 6.3% a year compared to 8.9% on the broader funds. You know, if you put $100,000 in 50 years later with that kind of return difference, that's $50,300 in difference. Help me out here, Pete. I need to get some clarity on this one. So,
2: So what we have to first do is we need to define what ESG is and what sustainable investing is because they're not the same thing. So ESG... Is It's a set of metrics. That's pretty much all it is. And you're trying to gauge what a company's environmental risk is, what their social risk is, and what their governance risk is. ESG is is purely about risk. It's not necessarily about focusing on where we're going. It's not necessarily about focusing on sustainability or resilience or anything like that. And the way I, I, I really like to, uh, to give an example of this is a... Uh, a, an ESG portfolio that reduces its exposure to ExxonMobil is less bad. So I define ESG as less bad. Okay. Uh, one that one one that eliminates it entirely is better, but one that replaces it with, say, first solar is actually sustainable. And so it's that, that progression that typically are like, oh, you know, people are typically like, oh, I get that. I understand, you know, ESG is about trying to reduce risk. And so you're going to make that portfolio a little bit less bad, whereas sustainable investing is, what are what are the companies that are leading us forward into the next economy?
1: Okay, so let me see if I could unwrap a little bit what you said. So Bloomberg focused on ESG funds, not on sustainable investing. Right. What research has been done out there by any major publications that shows the value of sustainable investing?
2: There, there's not a whole lot of research out there because there's not a whole lot of folks who are actually specifically focused on that. But here, here's the way I look at it is... If if you're investing in traditional investments or indexes or things like that, in many ways, that's rear view mirror investing because you're investing in where the economy was. Um, If you're investing sustainably or if you're investing for the next economy, you're investing in terms of where where the uh, where the market or where the economy is going. And, you know, we can get into really specific details about why on the ESG side uh, they may have underperformed. But, um, you know, I want to focus on sustainable investing because ultimately that's where we are and that's the value that we bring.
1: Yeah. And, and I think there was um, I, I did see something from Morningstar on sustainable investing, but I w- I'm going to go to the expert on this, not on what I read in my interpretation. Right. What was the thing that Morningstar pointed out?
2: Uh, well, Morningstar. Morningstar bought Sustainalytics a few years ago. So they are one of the leaders in terms of understanding both the ESG and the sustainable investing market. Um, And so, you know, based on some of the data that they show... Uh, ESG and sustainable funds underperformed on the one year, but they outperformed on the three in the five year. And so it, it, it's interesting. You are going to get different data from different sources. You know, Bloomberg's data is probably going to be different from Morningstar's. But there is one, uh, one thing that I referred to a second ago is that most... Um, sustainable investments, most ESG investments tend to be growth investments. And we have been in a cycle over the last, what, probably 18 months, Jason, uh, where we've been in a value cycle. Mm -hmm. And so that is sort of what we're seeing in terms of a a performance differentiator. Um, But what I also see is that as we move forward, uh, value cycles are going to continue to shrink because those are more traditional <laughs> rearview mirror looking investments, whereas growth investments again are are moving forward. And so we believe that those are going to be longer cycles, uh, and and ultimately it's probably going to benefit our clients.
1: You know, we go into these cycles all the time, and growth right. was eating values lunch for a better part of twelve years. It seems like right, absolutely. And so sustainable investing. So you were early to the game, and all my all my research in 2004. I really don't remember coming across this until years later. So being part of this uh, focus for such a long time, what have you seen over your years of experience in the movement towards sustainable investing that you could share with us?
2: I mean, when I started back in 2004, SRI meant socially responsible investing. And it, it, it's really morphed over the years because back then there, we didn't have a lot of data. You know, ESG didn't exist. So we couldn't, um, you know, look at a company and, and have some data that says here's what their environmental risk or their environmental impact is. Here was, here's what their social or their governance risk and impacts are. Uh, so one of the things that's shifted is we have more data. Companies are offering more data. But what we've also learned is that there's a much, much greater demand for it. Uh, especially if you're looking at in, in three particular demographic groups, if you're looking in Gen Zers, if you're looking in millennials and women, women tend to be more interested in investing with your values versus men. We just we, we, we've got a different attitude towards it. So those are some of the things that we've seen shift. We also seen there's more a lot more investment managers that are. Uh, adding funds and etfs things like that there's a lot more stocks so we run an individual stock portfolio called the green sage sustainability portfolio and when i started it back uh, in 2012 the amount of the number of companies that were in the universe that i could pick you know to put into the portfolio was really pretty well was probably in the neighborhood of 150 200 stocks now it's well over six or seven hundred stocks uh so there's a lot more opportunities you you couldn't buy a battery stock back then there simply wasn't one where, you know, a company was making, you know, batteries for cars or for utility scale or anything like that. Now I actually have to pick which one we want to put into the portfolio, which is, which is wonderful. It's great to have this sort of breadth of opportunities.
1: You know, you know, you bring up something that's and kind of near and dear to my heart where you have these, uh, certain, I'm not going to say any names, right? But you have companies that are throwing ESG onto funds and you're looking under the hood and you don't even recognize anything that has ESG, how much are you seeing of that? And how do you go about within your strategy to go through that due diligence and weed that stuff out? Oh, it's pervasive <laughs>
2: throughout throughout the investment management industry. Uh, everybody wants to have their toe in this pond. Everybody wants to say, I've got a low carbon fund or I've got an ESG fund or I've got a sustainable fund. It's just, it, it's, it's across the board. Uh, But exactly like you said, you you use the exact right words. When you lift up the hood to see what they actually own, it's not anything that, uh, you know, I would consider sustainable. And I think a a normal thinking person would would feel the same way. Uh, But they have to put that sticker on there because they have to have something so that way they can accumulate some assets. And some of the absolute biggest uh, investment managers, um, who who shall not be named, um, are, are, are the worst at it. And one of the things when I give when I give talks I'll, I'll ask by a show of hands, you know, who thinks that ExxonMobil and McDonald's should be in a sustainable portfolio? And no hands go up. Um, but yet, if I look at the number one, the largest ESG fund that's out there, you have both ExxonMobil and McDonald's in it. Oh, goodness gracious.
1: Yep. Okay. So so this is this is something that I would imagine the Security Exchange Commission is is looking at. But do you see any regulations coming in to hold these bigger firms to the standard of ESG? Or do you think that's going to be done by the marketplace, by more savvy investors or people leveraging, you know, experts like yourself to, to go into the space?
2: Yes. To all of that. (laughs) Uh, The SEC is going to try to regulate it some, but the problem is, is that there is not one definition of this. And and so that's why ESG in general gets a bad name. That's why we specialize in sustainable. There's no question what we're going to invest in. If you go to our website, you can see we're going to invest in alternative energy. We're going to invest in uh, green real estate. We're going to invest in, you know we've got a whole list of things. It's not like you're saying, okay, it's not the less bad version, like I described earlier, and so that's why it's really hard to regulate this, is because there is no no strict definition. They haven't said, you know, this is what it means to be a, an, an ESG investor, and 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 so a lot of the criticism that it's received is is right, you know, is is right. They should be getting criticism on this. Um, if you're going to, and the other thing they do, I'll, I'll, I'll add, is they equate ESG and sustainable investing. So if you go to these large uh, fund families and you go to the website and they've got their their list of ESG funds, they also say invest sustainably with us. They're not the same thing.
1: It's kind of like uh, organic when you go to the grocery store. Yeah. Is what you're just basically saying? You got to really understand it. Uh, good, 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 gracious! Organic you, uh,
2: versus natural, right? Those are versus, those are the two. That's ESG versus sustainable.
1: Okay, okay, we're breaking this down. So, <laughs> so let's say I my 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 sustainable investing thoughts and and my my values may be you know different from the person next to me that also wants sustainable investing. Are you able to customize the strategies? What does that look like? From from like mirroring the the values of the client to the values that are built into the strategy of sustainable investing.
2: So, what what you're talking about a little bit more is more of a so from a social perspective versus sustainable specifically. So we're going to focus on sustainability. Um, you know, we 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 have been doing this for a long time, so we know what the specific um, areas that we need to be more sustainable in, that we need to be more resilient in. And so we're going to stick to those. If you're looking at something that's going to be more on the social side, that's going to be, you know, like say for Chris, for for example, Christian values or anything like that, that's a, that's a different animal and that's not something that we specialize in. So we would hand that off to somebody else who's got a greater specialty in that.
1: Makes sense. What you just said, I wanted to make sure I was very clear on that as well. So when, when you're thinking about the next economy, you said that twice. I'm going to have you now dove a little deeper on this. When you look at economic cycles over longer swaths of time, you see a next kick up in, in the economy and the marketplace with the invention of, I don't know, just uh, the automobile and like having the lines and, and the working hours and stuff like that. Yeah. The industrial age, right? Are you? Sharing with me right now that you're looking at sustainable investing as being the next thing that comes around the corner for kicking the economy back into the next phase.
2: Absolutely, uh, I, I, it it has to. I mean, you know, climate change is going to force us in that direction. Whether you know whether you believe it's happening or not, it's happening. Uh, so climate change is going to force us into that direction. Uh, it's going to force us to be smarter with the way we use resources. It's going to be. It's going to force us to build resilience into our system uh you know climate change the, the, i like to say the climate change train has left the station we're seeing the effects of it already and there's much much more to come so it's not like we're going to stop it at this point can we minimize it yeah we're going to minimize the impacts um but the impacts are still going to hit us and so resiliency is is, is an important part when you when, when you're thinking about this and because, because i mean let's let, let's let's be honest jason we are reactive people. We're a reactive society. We're not really a proactive society. And this is about being proactive. This is about looking forward to see what are the industries that are really going to lead us forward. And, yeah, I really do think it's a next industrial revolution, if you will. In fact, uh, Bill McDonough, the guy who I told you uh, was one of uh, my inspirations to start the business, he actually has a book, a, um, not a book, but a, uh, a video called The Next Industrial Revolution. It's it's exactly what it is. So good, good pickup on that.
1: Where can someone go to find that video? YouTube or just Google it's it on
2: YouTube. Yeah, you next industrial revolution. Bill McDonough. It's going to be pretty old at this point, but it still is relevant.
1: Yeah, I mean, all, I'm, I'm all about relevancy, right? It could be something back in the 1970s. <laughs> if it's still relevant Absolutely. today, I want to make sure it's in the arrow and the quiver, right? Yeah. Okay, so so let's let's go into. Um, something that I just think is really important to, to kind of distinct, to be distinctive is ESG gives you more information. Mm-hmm. Sustainable investing is how do you go through that information to actually build out the strategy Yeah, and sustainable investing is different than social investing. Um, and and like, so like you use the example of like Christian based values and things of that nature. Right? right. So, so I'm hearing more and more of, you know it, it's not the batteries that were does a lot of rare earth materials that's right and there may not be as sustainable as maybe initially thought and maybe moving towards more hydrogen based uh vehicles i only know a little bit about this can you speak a little bit more about what you're seeing in this space
2: i uh, yeah i can talk to to that i'll, I'll, I'll keep it you know on a, on a high level but um the reality is, is yes, the the rare earth minerals are hard to get to. They're that's why they're called rare, right? And um, we need to be really smart with a how we extract them because we have to extract them. We, we we're we're facing an existential crisis at this point, so we need to do everything we can to transition our economy from a fossil fuel based economy to uh, to a, an electric based economy that is generated cleanly. Um, but we need, if we're going to do that, we need to not necessarily be taking people in third world countries and putting, putting them at risk and, and, and killing their communities. So we need to be really smart about how we extract uh, natural resources, but we also need to be smart about how we recycle them as well. So there, there, there needs to be uh, what I'll go back to Bill McDonough again, uh, what's called circular economy. And circular economy is basically creating an economy that eliminates the concept of waste. So when you have a product and it's done with its life cycle, it can be broken down and then reintegrated into something else. So that that's that's the I think the original part of your question. The the second part gets into where are we going with transportation? Hydrogen is going to be an important uh, driver on the industrial side, likely, uh, things like creating uh, steel, uh, aluminum, different different kind of industrial cycles. It's also going to be important probably with long haul transportation, but when it comes to things such as uh, your car and my car, it's probably not going to, to be the next generation. It probably is going to be uh, electric and batteries, mostly because trying to build out a hydrogen fuel system is going to be prohibitively expensive and really difficult to do. We already have uh, an electric system built out. We just need to make sure that we have chargers in strategic places.
1: Okay, I got this question I'm dying to ask you now. Okay, let's say I'm a, I'm a client at XYZ, XYZ firm. What questions would I ask the advisor that's managing my assets to see if they're allocating portions or the, uh, you know more into sustainable investing. If that was something that I wanted, what questions would I even ask?
2: So, you know, from, from a client's perspective, you have to know what, what 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 values are important to you. So, if sustainability is is an important value, um, ask how much of your assets are being invested in sustainable industries, such as uh, again, you know, alternative energy, uh, electric vehicles. Uh, you know, we I have a a pretty wide or broad view of what sustainability means. It's not just uh, clean energy, but it's also biotechnology. You know, it is making buildings more efficient because ultimately at the end of the day, you know, the best kilowatt is the one that we don't use, right? The one that we didn't need to heat or cool that building with. Um, You know, so it's a good question and it's a tough question to answer because, you know, it's a very personal thing for folks. And -hmm. ultimately it's asking, you know, what do you know about sustainable investing what do you know about responsible investing and um you know how can we integrate that into our portfolio if somebody says well you're not going to make money on that then you need to start questioning that relationship because that is the old school way of answering the question Whereas the new school way would be to say, okay, well let's take a look at how we can integrate that. Sustainable investments tend to be growth oriented. Uh if you want to maintain a balance, we can we can add some of those relative to maybe some value oriented funds that you might have, et cetera. And and, and then that would go on down the line from there.
1: Yeah, I I'm just thinking of another follow-up question is like how do that how does that advisor or the advisory firm look under the hood of these funds? Yeah and rather than just slapping an ESG marketing fund in front of the client, just so that they could appease the request, but instead of doing the due diligence. You brought up things today in this call about the extensive due diligence that you're looking at beyond just what the company does, but how do they go about getting to where they are and, and the resources that they use to get there. If there's anything else that you could share with our clients and the people listening right now, about wealth creation, what would that be?
2: Um, it would be that if you're going to invest, it's really important to be investing for the future, but it's also really important to be investing for the long term. Um, you know, this I, I've been doing this for a long time now, and you know, I was doing this just about the time that you know CNBC and all this you know fast information really started to hit. And one of the most important things that I've learned over the years. Is that you know the what what's happened with the market and information is all, it's all based on you know what are your weekly sales what are your quarterly sales it's all based on short duration short term information but we're not investing for the short term and ultimately it's we, we want to invest for the long term because That is where we bring our value as investment advisors. That is where we bring our value as investors is by looking to not just what we're gonna do for the year, but what we're gonna do for the next decade. And where is the economy gonna move over that next decade? And so that's the one thing that I've really learned and really tried to bring to the table is we can't look at just a one year return because that could just be a growth value issue. Let's look and see how is the market moving? How's the economy moving? and, And let's try to position ourselves to succeed in that manner.
1: Well said, Pete. And and listeners, this is Pete Krull, the, the founder of Earth Equity, my business partner here at Prime Capital Investment Advisors, Pete. I always enjoy your conversations. You always throw another piece of information that you didn't share with me in the prior conversation. I love that. I have a growth mindset. I'm always looking at making sure that I'm learning growing so I could be able to serve my clients better and also serve my community better. Thank you so much for your time today. It was such a pleasure. This was 20 minutes of clarity. Thank you for tuning in and have a blessed day. Thanks, Jason.